Welcome back to the Keenan Lake Podcast, the premier whiskey podcast, now with the mention of whiskey in its title. And we are live, baby. Keenan Lake After Dark once again. This is your host, Jake Hookie, here with Callum O'Donnell, our senior correspondent from Scotland. I'm back, baby. I've been away for a while. I think everybody has been away for a while. I took, yeah, I took a week off of an election, um, <laughs> and today... I decided that I was going to have to come out because obviously Scotland qualified for the European Championships. It's the first time in 23 years that Scotland's football team has qualified for a major tournament. Oh. Ryan Christie scored a goal in the 52nd minute. It was absolutely beautiful. Then Serbia equalised and then we won on penalties. So here I am. I thought you meant that Scotland was going to use the Euro now. No, Scotland won the Euro. Scotland They're won not their playoff. The European Championship. But we're going to win the European Championship. Well, we all, we all, we all know the three Lions will take them all down. Because Scott McTominay is a little bitch. No? I hope not. Scott right. McTominay is, yeah, he, yeah. But um. But once again, we are back at a whiskey tasting here in Chicago, Illinois, on the roof deck of the infamous, well, kind of infamous now, Fountainhead Roof Deck Garden. We've been recording here all summer, uh, and all the fall too, recording our podcast here with Bob Zacharias, who is the beverage director and manager of Fountainhead. Tinged with sadness, I suppose tonight. What's or, that? The last three days are tinged with sadness, obviously, because yeah, obviously we know. Absolutely. Um, down but it's great to see a packed house here up on the roof deck, even though it's, I think, below 50 degrees at this point Fahrenheit. And we are doing a scotch tasting here. The scotch tasting has six pours in front of us and some beautiful Glencairn glasses. Marty Duffy, I'll take the paycheck after the podcast for promoting you once again. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we are doing bl- to do some blind tasting. Bob is directing the whole entire event by walking around to the individual tables that paid for the experience of tasting six whiskeys blind. Whiskeys without an E, that is. Um, and just uh, seeing what goes on. But we're so happy to be back here. We're recording on Thursday, October 12th. And this, is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. in two days from now, sadly, Fountainhead will close its doors and no longer will be the institution that it is here in Chicago. So tonight they are doing a scotch tasting. Last night we uh, they did a bourbon tasting here with some of their nice rare bourbons that they have on their back shelf. And on Monday night they're doing a private event. Even though the doors for the restaurant will be closed technically, they're going to do a private event with their barrel selects that they've uh, collected over the last decade plus. So that'll be a lot of fun too. But tonight we're here to celebrate uh, everything about Fountainhead and just enjoy the drams in front of us, the people around us. Marty Duffy might even jump on. Cat uh, might jump on a little bit later. Who knows? It's all up in the air. I mean, I think um, it's super, uh, I also super cool. I also, before you get into any anything to whatever it is you're going to do, I feel like you're dressed like me tonight. I am? Well. <sighs> I'm not wearing a hat. It's true, but... I'm not wearing any autumnal colors. You're all about the autumnal colors. I'm wearing gray and black and light blue. Well, I like to wear jean jackets underneath (laughs) peacoats. Hey, hey, look, the jean jacket thing isn't your thing, okay? I love me a jean jacket. Um, No, what I was going to say was... um, Wax poetic, baby. Super cool because, first of all, it's a blind tasting, which is always fun. It's always fun. You know, it's like a nice way to kind of reset, check something new. It's all scotch. Soul Scotch, which is also cool. Are you familiar with Scotch? Uh, you know, I have I have danced the dance a couple of times Ooh. with Scotch, but uh, I don't know if I'm going to be familiar with these ones. The only way to find out is to taste them. Is to taste them. So um, well, I'm going to get stuck in here. We need to get you a glass, I believe, because or we can just. Uh, I think we will just yeah. So what one do you want to start with? The one in your hand, probably. Okay, cool. Be a good start. 
Bob, you can throw him out for bringing the flag here. So Callum brought his own, I mean, his own Scottish flag for decor and everything to go along with the. Uh, matches. I mean, could I, I'm embarrassed of my clothing selections what, now. What can I say? Oh, what can goodness. I say? You know, you got, listen, Keen the Lake were at the top end. My at the top end of the fashion cycle. One of the best cycle. dressed podcasts in the country. Yeah, yeah. Allegedly. I mean, we don't know what anyone else wears because it's no true. one's got their camera on them, so we can say that, I think, <laughs> officially. <laughs> but I do, have my, I do have my camera with me somewhere around here. Take some sexy photos of us Sexy off. photos. Sexy photos of Bob. It's all night long. All night long, sexy photos of Bob. But uh, I, Bob should probably come back and explain that we are, what we're, what we are doing and what maybe like some clues to what we are also drinking. Really, there's no plan of attack for the night. It's just about, yeah, we're going to drink some scotch, maybe talk to some uh, loyal customers. Um, Paul, who is I've drank whiskey with many of the time, is here. Uh, Kelly was supposed to be here, but she backed out last minute. It's probably because it's absolutely freezing. It's not cold at all. I mean, we are la- we are wearing like 17 layers, and we're like inside behind the little, not inside inside, but like behind the little partition that Paul Bob's put up for us you all. You can order a hot toddy. His, Ooh. Uh, well, it's not really a hot toddy. It's more of a hot cider whiskey drink. Oh. It's very delicious. Lots of clothes. Hey, John. Um, I hate that jersey. I was going to ask you if I should wear it today. Or you should have worn it. Back in, uh, let's call it August, Callum got a little no, drunk. No, it was below it before that. July? Is there a new place? Okay, yeah, so it must have been early August then. Yeah, probably, yeah. And we were, follow- we were following quarantine protocol too back then. Yes, of course. Um, but Callum got a little toasty at my apartment in condo, I should say. Condo. Condo. Uh, and end up buying my my wife and I two <laughs> two Scottish kits <laughs> at about one o'clock in the morning, and three weeks later they arrived. <laughs> I, you know the funniest thing was is that the day or like a few I O W A a few weeks later, I got the message <laughs> and it was like your package has been shipped, and I was like, what? <laughs> I didn't I didn't think you actually bought them because it was they were like official tops and shit. It's yeah, kinda, yeah, drunk, drunk, drunk. Seems me. to be a drunken thing you do. Um, anyway, sorry. On to the on my to senses the are not really working tonight. Mm. In the the cold, it's quite stringent. I thought that first one. Yeah, it is earthy. But um, quite a probably is there probably a sherry element to that one? Yeah, definitely. Def- or a wine, wine, some wine, kind ca- of wine, wine influence for sure. Especially the with color. scotch. You got to probably guess sherry. Yeah, Olorosa. Maybe Olorosa, but I might I might say PX. Yeah, that's actually my first guess to it was. As Callum goes in for the drink. Mm. Mm. Yeah, Wilson was here last night for the bourbon night. How was Ooh, it? Oh, that's lovely. Is it a Highland Part 12? It's definitely a PX sherry cask. Oh. Lots of sherry on there. Lots of dark fruits. Lots of raisins, plums. Bit of spice. Bit of heat. Very, very nice. I, I couldn't... I mean, if, if we had the list in front of us, then we might we have do. a bit it's more... It's on the other side of the menu. Oh, nice, nice, yeah. nice. So after we get done drinking... We can figure out what it is. Okay. But we, sh- we probably should have taken some notes here. Well, you know, we're not really that efficient. I have a pen. <laughs> Give me the pen for fuck's sake. <laughs> I have a Sharpie or a pen? Oh, I, th- I actually thought when you pulled this out there that it was an Aberlour pen. Oh, I have a few of those. I found. I always find them. I have two of them, but I always find them all around my car and my backpack. So they always die and disappear and then they reappear just like a ghost in the night. What are you writing on there? I'm writing PX Sherry astringent, and then I'm going to write a bit of spice, which I think that that's definitely something that we a little. There's a little bit of spice, a little bit of heat mm. on the back end. Mm-hmm. 
nice pepperiness to it. Yeah. You know, I was getting, when I first tried it, I thought it's definitely quite hot. But then after that, I was like, there's no. no real heat on it. You know, I think when at first I got a lot of spice, a lot of that pepperiness, and I was like, oh, it's hot, but it's not. I'd say, say it's between some, somewhere northern, uh, maybe west coast of Scotland ish. Okay. Possibly. Do they? It could be. Do you think they'd maybe go for a, da- a Dalmore? Maybe. I would. I would say that there's a good chance before we taste anything more that there's a Benrick on here, that there's a Dalmore on here, a Highland Park on here. Nice. Glen Farkless for sure. <laughs> I'm calling that one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> um, what else is Bob in? I mean, Glen Farkless has got to be on here. It's like Bob's right. favorite whiskey, right? right? It's, it's Bob and Aaron's kind of. I would say that's their their their. Do you want their it? Their home course whiskey. Yeah, drop a little water. Do you want to dra- drop some water in here? So, ladies and gents, for all those of you at home that are thinking, "Oh my God, the Scottish guy's adding water to his whiskey," I actually am a big believer in the. In the in the in the water adding right. world, uh, a good friend of mine, she always used to say that um, water is to whiskey what oxygen is to wine, mm. and I feel like that's a really really good way to describe it for anyone that's kind of um, for I anyone that's kind of new to the business and feels that it's sacrilegious right. to. Oh, those aren't the bottles that we've used, are they? Oh, oh no! Don't bring them over. We've only gotten to one. Well, we can bring them. Don't over. bring them over. Well, so I was right about Glen Farkless. So uh, there is a Glenfarglas there. It's a Putney in there, I believe. Um, but mm. that actually no, that's not Glen, that's not Glenfarglas. No, no, that's not. No, uh, not malty enough. Um, so ladies and gentlemen, we have oh, to be totally honest here. It's nice with water. But I also I have always seen water to certain whiskeys as if like before you. If you don't warm up to go for a run or play a sport, yeah. are you really like the best part of you, best part yeah. of yourself? Yeah. Sometimes water just really opens up the spirit that way. You know, and I think as well, like a lot of people are like, "Oh, I don't add water to my whiskey," but then they'll also start their night with a beer or a cocktail or something, right? And that—that's oh, that's nice, really, right? Yeah. I think it might be Dronic. That could be, yeah. Glendronic, yeah. They. They're they're massive on cherry. Glenn Jonak uses one of my photos as like their main (laughs) marketing material. Did they um, did they ask you? Um, (laughs) No. Technically, (laughs) yeah. I I I sell my photos to a stock photo website, and I was at an event about two years ago. I'm looking at their banner, and like that looks really familiar. (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, wait, that's just my photo with like a red (laughs) overlay on top of it. <laughs> to make to bring out the, that those PX obviously the sherry casks they use, <laughs> <laughs> the influence of their of the cast onto their whiskey. I hope you I hope you give it big sticks when you were up there. Whenever they put po- whenever they post it, I'm like I took that photo. I took that photo. <laughs> 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 oh, always great to do. Oh, so this is the middle bottom one we're trying now next. Yeah, Ooh, middle well, bottom. It's very smoky. Yeah, I'm gonna guess Got this could be closer to Isla potentially. Yeah, this is a this is your Isla or your island whiskey. You know, light though. I mean, like it's not like it's not hitting you in the face like with like a, a cast strength of like ten or anything no, like that. No. Oh, nice, buttery, um, floral notes to it. Really, really tasty. The saltiness from the earth obviously affects in the winds, the currents, the air, the breath. 
the world that Scotland. is the breath of Scotland. It winds in from the west coast and it hits on land. Mothers cry, children sing, <laughs> fathers dance in the streets, drunk. They do dance in the streets tonight. I think my dad probably cried tonight. Michael Donald's crying tonight. Michael Donald Breaking probably news. cried tonight. You know, one of these years, I'm going to get over to the Euros because it's probably of any championship, of any Ooh. any playoff, any kind of format when it comes to high-level professional sports, the Euros have intrigued me always the most. Always the most. Like what Wales did four years ago. Yeah. Three years ago now. I think, I mean, even, you know, even when uh, obviously Ireland went over four we, years ago. We do it for the shirts. We do it for the dragon. <laughs> Obviously, Ireland went over four years ago and they had a ball. Um, and I think a lot of Scottish people are just thinking that, you know, they just want to go over, have a great time. What Iceland did? I mean, Iceland, yeah. Great team. Guilfi. Go they, back go back home, Guilfi. Um, Speaking of soccer... Uh, this whiskey. The, the boys the boys from Goodison Park were flying. Now, uh, and now they've fallen. They've fallen. <laughs> from the fly to the fall... The shitstorm that was built at Goodison Park. Is this your first uh, sip of that one? I love. I I really enjoy that. It's a yes, low. Lovely. It's a low peat on it. The PPM isn't pr too high. I would say. Easy and refreshing. Still want to top it a penicillin with this though. Mm. Going back in for a second visit to it. Um, a little more creamier, but I still get a lot of floral, floral notes to it. Yeah, I, you know, there is, the, I, there is a bit of peat there. Not really. I didn't think so. There is a bit of peat there, but it's not, like you say, it's not a high PPM. No. You know, for anyone out there that's big on their peat, they'll know that this, that smoky taste comes from something that's called phenolic acid. And Ooh. to be honest there... Educate the world, baby. Educate, educate, educate. The To be honest, here in, with this whiskey... There's not a lot of that, to be honest, you know? No. It is. It has a bit of spice, but there's a creaminess to it, a vanilla note to it as well, I feel. It's very nice. Very creamy vanilla. I get a lot of creamy vanilla. Not a Bowmore. Not a Bowmore. No. I wonder if... I know that... Oh. Brooklotic, maybe? I mean, yeah, I don't think so. I well, don't it depends what they had. Bob has a lot of their interesting... I mean, it's obviously, the distillery itself is very unique and yeah. the heritage of the distillery and what was found, what was brought bottled after the distillery was um, re repurposed, essentially. Yeah. I mean, I, I couldn't... I couldn't. I don't know a lot of peat, but that's very peat. It's very vanilla. Yeah. Floral, vanilla, creaminess to it. Low parts per million, for sure. But very. Uh, if I was going to introduce somebody to a, a peated whiskey, I, I, w I would start with something like this, where I would wouldn't jump right. in, as we mentioned earlier, to a little frog ten cast strength. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't destroy them before they've started the game. I'm gonna have a wee bit of water do you here. Think, do you Just think clear the palate. Wilson and I were having this conversation today, um, ran into each other over at Leo's Liquor. Shout out to Kush. Where is Leo's Liquor? Um, it is on Lawrence and Elston. Because so they've done a lot place. over, they've done a lot recently. You know? Yeah, yeah. They've really pushed the boat out recently. And our good friend Chris Blantner does the barrel picks with them. The urban bourbonist. Mm -hmm. Shout out to him. Um, the king of the Sunday night fight. The king of the Sunday night fight. Maybe, maybe a fun collaboration to come. But we were talking about people that are obviously right now. It's whiskey hunting season, mostly bourbon. Yeah. Mostly bourbons. Excuse me. And uh, 
it's almost indefensible that people that don't know a lot about whiskey are reaching out, spending thousands of dollars on bottles that they think they have to have for their home collection, yeah. and jumping right into these 13, 17, 19, searching for those 23, maybe yeah. a 24 Parkers they're tasting last night. Yeah. And calling all these shops around the city every day, like, when's your pappy drop? When's your pappy drop? Well, they don't know anything about the whiskey, but jumping right into those categories of drinking these higher-proof bourbons and a longer age statement on them, you're wrecking your palate for what's what's to come in American whiskey and what is happening in American whiskey at this level. These great brands that, you know, like what Chris has done with, with Pinhook recently. and Pinhook. Yeah, even look at Sonoma. Yeah, Sonoma. Sonoma, yeah. Uh, Sonoma Distilling Company. Um you know that, that I, I've mentioned Penhook a lot recently. I have yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. because I met some friends of mine um, recently uh, who they took a week. Or, they were British guys. They took some time off uh, for the election and things like that because obviously, you know, it was something that we couldn't really be involved in. It smells it's fantastic. Like a, it's eh? like an oyster. Yeah, it smells really good. Um, and they were they were kind of asking me about different whiskies that they could try. And obviously, I mentioned a bunch of scotchies, but you know, man, I feel like right now. There's some really great bourbons out there, and the first one I mentioned was the Pinhook. Mm. You know, the, I mean, w- we've spoken about it on the podcast before. Rye humor, right? Just a phenomenal, got a beautiful citrus nose, really, really tasty. And then I also mentioned the Cherrywood Rye out of Sonoma. You know, I think uh, Mr. Spiegel yeah. himself is doing some amazing work out there, and and I mean, we talked about it with with obviously Jamie Duffy. Um, Where the hell is she? She should be here right now. The niece of Mr. Marty Duffy, who's here tonight, I believe. Um, but Jamie obviously waxed lyrical about that. And, and when we spoke to Adam, it was really, really special to, to, to get his kind of first hand on that. And I think that if you're going to these older school, high-end, really expensive whiskeys that literally you're quite, you're, you're quite literally paying an arm and a leg for, yeah. for something that, to be honest, it's not... I don't, and I don't want to. I don't want to say it's not worth it because you know everything is everybody everything in whiskey. Price, yeah, yeah, everybody, everything in whiskey is a personal thing. So you know, if you want to pay that for it, then great. But um, I, I think you'd be much better looking at these other whiskeys that are that you know you're actually going to drink and that you know you actually are going to enjoy. Yeah, you know, like I got offered to buy somewhere in the hundred dollar range. Very great. That's um, a great whiskey, thir- guys. The third sipper is nice. In the hundred dollar range, a little higher to buy uh, Rip Van Winkle or uh, Winkle Family um, Ten. Is that your Farkless there? It's a little spicy to be Farkless, don't you think? Just it has that space side feel to it. I was thinking maybe maybe Putney. Ooh, old Putney. Yeah. Ooh, as Ambrosia walks by. New neck tattoo. Oh wow! Yeah. We need to get ours. The key in the lakes. On our next. We can get it right in our Adam's apple. <laughs> be tasty and delightful. I think it might be old putney. Yeah, that's that's a that's a good one. Yeah, I, I it, but it begs the question of very sweet it, flavor there. It's right, lovely. A little spiciness to it, but is it irresponsible for buyers just to go after what they know is in style, in vogue? And it, what bothers me the most is that they, people will try to tell me, and these are friends of mine too, that go after these bottles and buy them on the secondary market and pay an arm and a leg, in my opinion. Um, you don't even know why they cost that much. Well, I think I think that, uh, you know, supply and demand, obviously, one. You know, they're in high demand, so people are selling them for high. But, but if but they're I think truly educated on why they actually cost that much... 
I think I think it's probably because a lot of them come from the same distilleries, right, you know, the right. Buffalo Traces and things like that. Like they get that. I mean, they they know where it comes from for the most part, kind of. They have an idea from people I talk to. They it, somewhat of an idea of how it works, but like Pappy became popular because it was being siphoned off by people who worked in the warehouses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And stolen, sold in the secondary market. But that, that, but I feel that with Pappy though, the story is really quite special though. Oh, thank you. I feel like the Pappy story is part of the part of the charm, right? Did you, did you order this for me? Uh, I did not. No, but I mean cheese, like cheese, cheese and bread. Like, pickle. come on. A little mustard in there. What a spread. It, so, Wright Thompson, who just wrote the, the book, the book Pappy Land, and he shares a story of what it, what that brand was about from Have father. You, up? you read it? Uh. Just parts of it I found online line because my copy got lost in the mail. It got delivered to some address that was not mine. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I got a picture of it on Amazon in a, in, a, in a hallway that was not my hallway. <laughs> so trying to figure out where that was. But it's, uh, it's about the story of a father-to-son relationship passing down the guard and the commitment that a family had to, to bourbon from one generation to the next and proving that we could do it all over again after the... the uh, um, Julian Benwinkle's father lost his way with the brand and he's trying to retain it and now he's obviously done that here recently over the last uh, few decades but it, it's a story of how bourbon explains America and explains family and I just I wish that people that drank that and searched out for it truly had a connection with it in that sense because I, I, I bought a, I opened a bottle of uh, Glen Fargo's 12 this past weekend and part of the reason why I bought it a few months ago, I kind of forgot about it after I moved, was that it, it's Bob and Aaron's mm. favorite brand. Well, mm-hmm. It appears to be their favorite brand. And they have this, such amazing stories to go along talking to George, who's the master distiller there. But, yeah, the, the stories that they've got, yeah. you know, of going there and getting in a bit of trouble right. because they were late and right, stuff. You right, know. right. It, it, it drives a force and a connection when, you, when you're sitting by yourself on a Saturday night drinking a Glencairn or six of whiskey by yourself and... Your wife judges you at every passing sip. <laughs> it has a little bit of that. Um, has a little bit of that shop local feel to it. I know yeah. it's not local at all, but it's a local story, like a story that you heard locally, and a feeling that you get. Yeah. Whereas, like a lot maybe of it I'm, now, maybe I'm being pretentious and snobby and jaded by what we do as our jobs and what we do with this podcast. In that sense of, well, I have a little more. In, uh, inwards to talking to these people, talking to the makers, talking to bartenders and purveyors like Bob about what they enjoy and what whiskey means to them. And that ch- that conversation kind of melds into my, my heart and my soul when it comes to drinking whiskey. As you chew a lot of bread. Uh, no, I'm... I'm going to revisit the third one. Okay, I'm going to go middle, middle top after this. Um... One thing I would say that for me is really quite important is making sure that obviously understand that anybody that's buying whiskey around the world, anyone that buying it, especially in the United States, anyone buying the whiskey, no one is going to seek it out, you know, like not no one, but like one percent of the people that buy it are gonna actually seek it out and seek the reasons out for it. Right. Like why like where does it come from? Why is it made? Like why is it made like this? Who makes it? Who are these distillers? But of that 1%, the people that do really care about that, it bugs me when that, that same person 
learns all about a whiskey and then just completely disregards it for price and for chasing down right. something that's going to make them money. You know, I don't think that that's the point. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, we live in America. People are always going to chase after price at some stage. The land of used to be free. And people are always going to chase after price. People are always going to try and make a quick buck. And that's just the way it goes, you know. Fortunately, in Scotch, you know, I work for a Scotch company, so I see a lot of it. I see a lot of those people that are looking for that advantage, looking for that extra little little something, something, that extra little thing that's going to make them 100 bucks in 10 years or whatever, <laughs> which is ridiculous. So, I, you know, a lot of the time I can kind of wax lyrically about that tradition and that heritage that's been thrown in my face sometimes. And it bugs me. It does bug me. But, you know... Saying all of that, at least at least people are enthusiastic about it, and, and at least people are loving it and enjoying it, you know. And I suppose at the end of the day, that's all that really matters. I I agree with that. That, and that helps, you know. It, that that evolves into our jobs too. Even though we aren't selling bourbon, that one, uh, the one you're holding in your hand, this is Callum is making some nice facial gestures with middle it. top. This one, it, it, it's glad to see that bourbon sure, I'm not gonna has found its way yet. back from a lost three or four decades to where it is now. And I think Scotch is coming along with that. World whiskey is obviously coming along with that too. But I just noticed this past week how expensive so many bottles are now. It's just it, it seems like it's getting a little out of control in that that sense. Where I was at uh, I was at a bottle shop. And heavily craft, local craft, and the prices were just absurd. I, I walked in there fully intending on buying a bottle, and I had one bottle picked out that I wanted to buy based online, and it was a single cask release from one distillery, and they were selling it for like seventy bucks. And I'm like, I'm not buying seventy bucks worth of whiskey for a three three year old whiskey. I'm just not. I I, I can go out, I can go to a liquor store. And buy two bottles for that price, and be very happy with the two bottles that I buy for the combined seventy dollars. Or I wouldn't, something way I wouldn't name names. I wouldn't name names of both both the brand and the the, mm. the liquor store that did this. But we have a brand in Pernod Ricard. Oh, it's it's that that middle that top middle one, Bob. Oh my God, that top middle, amazing. Little bit of peat on there, great flavor to it. Ooh. It's like it's like a whisper of smoke, guys. It's so smoke. special. A whisper of smoke. A whisper of smoke. Oh. I wanted to say sherry, but maybe not now. Not sherry. Not sherry. It is a, it is a red wine, I believe. Why don't you explain what we're doing here tonight? So tonight, uh, doing a fun, kind of interesting way of doing a, a scotch tasting. Normally when we would do a lot of these tastings, we would pour one whiskey, talk about the whiskey, the distillery for about 20 minutes, right. pour the next one, come back, so on and so forth. But a lot of people here are very familiar with, with, with scotch and with a lot of these brands. So what I thought would be kind of interesting was to pour all the whiskeys at one time, have a little tasting map here, where you're essentially tasting these whiskeys blind. You don't know what they are. On the flip side of this little map here is the same setup, but has the name of the whiskeys under each each mark. So you would start at your top left being one, two, and three, then go to your bottom left, four, 
five and six. I also was presented the bottles at the bar. So if so, if somebody wanted to look at the bottles, not in necessarily guess, that yeah, yeah. order, but they can see what the bottles are, and then they can go through. Did we get? And guess. Did we get what bottle this was? The secondary port, Burgundy, fresh oh, Burgundy. Burgundy. Oh, nice. Three years in fresh Burgundy casks. So above one. Eleven thing as years well. in refill bourbon. Three years in fresh Burgundy. You're welcome, Scotland. Thank you, America. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then if somebody if somebody wants to flip over the map and know exactly what they're tasting, they can right. do that too. Yeah. Kind of lets everybody kind of go it at their own pace um, and however they want to do it. Oh, this is great. What do we have there? some hats for the gang. Oh, yeah. Hey, you know, I've already outfitted this. Some Abelauer knit. Hey, uh, I like it. They've, they're I already like outfitted it. with Star Wars caps. I'm not sure why they're wearing not wearing them, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, yeah, I thought actually, this was no, Glenn has his T-shirt on. Is Glenn had, does he have his Star Wars T-shirt on? Does it, I, I buy just by quotes every it's every time that Jake <laughs> Glenn, walks in. It's like, do you, do you it's want a like, Star Wars cap to match that Star Wars T-shirt? Well, get him a hat. <laughs> you get, get a hat. Let's you get, get that, a hat. Let's get that Everybody cobalt hat, hat off of there. I got a nice maroon one with a star. The star matches it. So I'm trying to get cats. I'm trying to get cats' attention. Cats, uh, cats are drunk probably. No, but Bob, I love this setup because. Not listening to us dumbass ambassadors talk for like 20 minutes is always a positive thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought it just a, kind of a different way of doing a taste. I thought it would be fun. Yeah, I, screw the ambassadors, man. Ambassadors are a bunch them? of bitches. Is there anything else that's, uh, that stood out to you guys that's so interesting? The that's middle one on the bottom. Yep, number five. I was either an island or an isla. But the light, the PPM on it was so light and balanced. I was like a floral creaminess to it that was yeah. really nice and enjoyable. Okay. A sipper that I'm... Not necessarily accustomed to when drinking a peated whiskey, but really enjoy it, and still want to make a penicillin with it as well. Gotcha. Um, and there is one Fountainhead Private Selection cast. Well, in I figure here there's as well. probably Glenn Farkless around here somewhere. I, have we? Have, I don't know if we've gotten. Is to it a Dronic in here? Columns, oh. columns. Is there a, getting hotter? Is there an old columns getting hotter? Is there a in here? Man, you guys are. Have you guys really been we, looking at these bottles? Or no, what? No, 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 The only we, one I saw in your hand was the Farkless, but I assume there's a Farkless. Yeah, we, we, yeah. we were like, it's so, Bob, so there's yeah. a Farkless. So yeah. <laughs> uh, there is a Putney in there as well. Damn, we're good, by the way. We just got to figure out which one is. <laughs> is there any Ben Leek in here? There is no Ben Ria. Oh. Ben Ryach? There's no Ben Ryach. Is, there ben any, Ryach. is, there any, is ben Ryach? Is Ben Ryach here? <laughs> Look at Ben Ryach. Ben, ben Ryach. Ben Ryach. It's so easy to do. What was the, Is it a 21-year-old we were drinking a couple weeks ago? A Ben Lick? Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, Peted. Yes. Peted 21. Oh, God. I mean, that's... So there's definitely... There's there's an old Pultony. There's a Glendron. There's a Farkless. Mm-hmm. I feel like... I feel like this one... I, so I went for a PX Sherry on this this bottom right. So number four, we think it's PX Sherry, bit of heat, but then we guess Dalmore. But uh, do you have a Dalmore in there? There is no Dalmore. Mm. In God there. damn it! But God what, what damn distillery it. would can mirror Dalmore's usage of sherry of sherry cask recently? I mean, recently, you could say f- you could say Dronic, couldn't you? Could see Glendronic. I would. I would you could see that between the Pedro Jimenez, Oloroso. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, so the, the so new we'll revival, <laughs> fifteen, the eighteen. We'll go. We'll go with a bit of Dron Dron here. Yeah. 
Glenn, anyone that sells Glendronic out there, please be no, please note that I'm now calling it Dron Dron. <laughs> I actually, uh, Ian Stewart has been chasing down a bottle for. These oh, are really nice whiskeys, man. For over a year now. The main thing is I just hope hope everybody's enjoying them, you know? So let's I go on number so. three. So, um... Actually, I don't want to misspeak, so I should grab my sheet myself. I remember, <laughs> but then I'm like, wait, that is number three, right? <laughs> but that is number one, right? Yeah, right, right, right. Ian, Ian was chasing down this bottle of uh, Kilkiran for about a year. He ordered it, and it's an eight-year-old. And believe it's completely aged in Oloroso casts for eight years at 51% alcohol. But look at that color. This is gorgeous. A lot of these Olorosos that are coming out now, they're just opaque. Like, you can't yeah. see through them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, they're beautiful, dark, yeah. dark like, yeah. luxurious color. This one, the number three, this is amazing. It tastes like chocolate. Taste so, that. Which one? Number three. Have we not had this one? No, no. This is top, top right. Oh, we were one in the middle. That's right. Yeah, we went four, five, six, then then two, three, and now we're going to one. <laughs> I, I, I can. Can I maybe have a self-indulgent moment here? Oh, of course. So last year, um, I, I believe I announced it on the podcast multiple times. The best whiskey I felt that I had in 2019 was our Tawny Cask um, from Starboard. Oh yeah. And we just ended up winning best whiskey in a uh, in a Shanghai, Shanghai, Beijing. Oh wow. Uh, but it was best. Yeah, it was best whiskey in the entire entire collection of it. I shout out to shout out to Big Dave over there. Right, and uh, I bring it up as we are talking about wine cast right now. Let me pull up the actual the Tony Port. It's the Tawny Port cask. That's great. Uh, That's com- great. And, and by the way, anyone out there, aged. anyone that out, out there that likes their port, the Tony Port. As uh, where is it? We we get from Benice. Yeah. It's the, I had some earlier, actually, with uh, it's, Ambrosia. It's absolutely wonderful. Great, great port for anyone that's out there that's a port drinker. Um, you know, a, a really, really, really so special. We were special awarded uh, Best Worldwide Whiskey at the Hong Kong International Wine and Spirit Competition, which uh, was a pretty uh, notable achievement for us. As a distiller, it's only been around for about 13 years. <laughs> I thought the Tawny was amazing. I had about... 150 uh, milliliters of it when I came back from Australia last year mm. before it was even released in, the, uh, in uh-huh. Australia never released in the United States or anywhere else in the world other than Australia shared it with some great friends uh, actually Rob over at du- formerly of Deucex, um, got I gave him about 50 milliliters of it that's the Rob Boyd yeah he's a big, was a big is a big fan of Starboard wish you would have came back to Chicago miss you Rob shout out to Rob Boyd he was a great guy I mean or he is a great guy but mm. he's not dead mm. I hope that is amazing. Creamy, rich, caramel, Rolo flavor, spicy towards... Oh. That, that number three is legit. Well, that heat just kind of keeps going that in there. number three is legit. It's almost I, like I've a... I've got chocolate on number three? Yeah. Uh, like a spicy chocolate. Like a chipotle chocolate. That's delicious. That is just delicious. Yeah, I mean, this is an amazing whiskey. Um, it's not a Farkless. It's not Farkless. It's not Dronic. It's not Pulteney. trying to think... I mean, truly, God. truly special. It's so rich. So, so special. Very, very chocolatey. Lots of spice. It honestly tastes a little bit like like a hot fudge pudding. Cho- uh, cho- uh, like a chocolate pudding. But like chocolate mousse. Um, yeah, there's yeah. something there. Something French. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Silky, too. Just delicious. Ooh. Very, very nice, though. That very was, nice. uh, it does have that real chocolatey flavor to it. Lovely. That's fantastic. So, should we finish on this number one here? 
whiskey number one? Yeah, I think so. Which we have you nosed it at all? No, I've not. I've not. This is one of the joys, uh, ladies and gents. Anyone that's listening, anyone that's made it this far, <laughs> um, this is one of the joys. Why, of, why of would they have turned it off? <laughs> have a good night. This is um, one of the joys. Do you, do, you, do you guys see how his voice changed there when like people were leaving? He's like, "Have a good night." Then he's back and he's like, "God damn it, I hate the world." Fuck. Um, <laughs> Fuck my life. But this is one of the joys that you know we've just really lost this mm. year, um, and it. it, it in a way, I'm super happy to be here, but in a sense, I'm a, I'm a little bit sad to have lost all these opportunities, because I think that I would I was just getting into my groove in Chicago, and this is a purely selfish thing to say, but you know, I really feel like I've missed out on a lot this year, and I know that everybody has, but for me, obviously, particularly, I, I am going to see that point of view, and I don't know, I just. Some of the bars out here in Chicago are absolutely amazing. If you get the chance to come out here. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta take it because the whiskey bars, the whiskey culture here is incredible. People are just out here enjoying and experimenting and having fun with it, you know. And that's at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. And it's, it's a real shame to see Fountainhead go, but we're hoping that they're going to be back soon. Yeah, the hope is that they will be closing from this location, but it's just a, uh, it's not a farewell or a goodbye. It's a see you later. A lot more stringent that one. But I agree. Than, I, I agree with you so much about how we get teased so much about what's happening in our city and obviously in the states and obviously even further out when you can, when you think about the whole entire optics of the United States and the rest of the world. But we had, I think, five whiskey events planned um, between our two brands and Wilson's brand with Union Horse and our other friends as well across all of Chicago that we had to close down and. Now we're here when it's 45 degrees outside, drinking whiskey and talking on some microphones outdoors on a roof deck that will be unfortunately closing here in the next couple of days, but still enjoying the moment. And I think these, these are the moments, these, these are the events and the exploits we talk about where people get jealous about our job because we get to sit around and drink six really fine whiskeys and have some Chex Mix and talk and to each other, but also just be in a fun environment yeah and I, look I mean looking back you know I, uh, there's not there's not much we could have done differently to have had more success obviously at the beginning with the quarantine blah 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 we could have locked down earlier ha 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 but <clears throat> I think everybody's ready for 2020 to be over now and and we're all ready to just put this one in the books you know <laughs> well said well, well said. It's, uh, so I, I can't, now after tasting the last one, which actually is probably my least favorite. Yeah, it's very stringent. It's very similar to number, number, number four, actually, the first one that we tried on the bottom rung. Yeah. My favorite was number three. The, the chocolatey the, one. Yeah, the silky, smooth, spicy chocolate. It was beautiful. I got between that and the middle bottom one. Yeah, that light peatness on the number five. Yeah. And also, uh, six over there. So we think we're thinking Glendronic, Old Pulteney. Mm-hmm. I think this might be the the Farkless. Yeah, it might be. And this might be the Old Pulteney, Farkless at six, and Old Pulteney at one. 
I agree. As I swallow a big gulp of blue cheese. Or whatever that is. And a short intermission. And we're back. A place called Scotland that ages their whiskey in the tears of bourbon. In the tears of bourbon. Um, well, first of all, I just want to say to everybody, we called three out of the six of these correctly, which I feel is, or brandy, we called you, the brands called correctly. Without right. even looking at the bottle. You didn't know which was. We didn't, the, we didn't know what the bottles were. Not which, which, but what, what, it could have been any any brand, we, any distillery. We, yeah. we, from our knowledge of Bob, <laughs> from our knowledge of Bob and our knowledge of whiskey, from knowledge of Bob and our knowledge of whiskey, we um, relied on those, our palates to guide us. Did you break the microphone, Stan? <laughs> Sorry about that, ladies and gentlemen. It's a whole difficulty. From our, <laughs> from our knowledge of whiskey and our knowledge of Bob, so we, we got one, four, and number six right. So let's start where we began our tastings at. Number four. Which is this one right here. Yeah, and as we were calling it, the Dron Dron. This is the Glendronic 21-year-old, which, um, you know, I think the PX obviously was the big thing that came through there for both of us. You know, I, as soon as we tasted it, we were like, so it's astringent, but it has that it has that sherry feel to it, that dark fruit flavor. Mm -hmm. We talked a little bit briefly about Oloroso, but then we ended up going with PX yes. because it just didn't have that kind of leathery note that Oloroso often has. Right. Um, so the Glendronic 21, man, that was a that was pretty special. That was a nice one. Very special. We both in, we had the same uh, notes on it about the uh, on our palate and the finish of it all. Enjoyed it. Probably I would say my top three of of the six. Yeah, it was up there. I think for me it would be it would be probably my fourth favorite oh. of the six. Um, moving on to the next one that we didn't get was number five. Not at all. The the Kilcoman Comreich batch. I'm just that seeing is, this right now. That was. That was amazing. I, that's probably my top two. Um, the Kilcoman, you know, we, we, we said that it had a whisper of smoke on it, yeah. which I think was, like, pretty spot on. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it's a super, super tasty. You know what? You know what's amazing about that? And sorry to jump in there, Jake, but you know what's amazing about that? 110 proof. 55.3%. Are you kidding doesn't me? drink like that at all. What? I think what we didn't really come down to conclusion of what distillery it was from. I guessed Bricklotic. I... Yeah, not what? far. It's not, not far. Not far off. I, that was my closest thing to it. Not far off. Um, thinking maybe it was something weird that you guys had from them, but uh, for me, I think that that's the best way to peak, right? That's when you're talking about peak. That's the best way to do it. The Kilcoman. That's one of my first times that I've had a Kilcoman. Uh, actually, the last time I tried Kilcoman was down at Warehouse Liquors with Gene. Okay. He had oh, his own yeah. barrel there. Yeah, he had his own barrel pick there, and it was lovely. I think it was like a Kilcoman 17 or 18 or something, and it was super, super tasty. So that one definitely gets the approval. Yeah, and the third one we're on now, we <laughs> ended up getting here. We <laughs> we knew it was somewhere on the place card, and it is the Fountainhead <laughs> Glen Farkless barrel pick that is the 12-year? Yep, 12-year, right? uh, 50%, and this one was actually a three-cask vatting that we did. Was okay, that's that one. Three-cask yes. vatting from really their... Cool. From their 105 stock. So, private selection, not a single cask, but a three cask batting. The single cask is just under 12 years? Is that right? Yes, yeah. So the, the single cask that we did were just under 11, about 10 and three quarters. Okay. This has a full 12 year maturation this on it. This is Bob Zacharias, beverage manager and director of Fountainhead, uh, with us right now. I mean, I think one thing that we said was that we knew that you were going to have a Glen Farkless for several reasons. Um, we originally, when we first, so we tried four, five, six first, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of one, two, three, as we, of course we did. But number six does, we started off and we, we thought Pulteney. Yeah. So it's interesting because there, there's actually 
another table actually had Glenn Farkless and Pulteney yeah. flipped. It was actually Paul. Paul had the same thing. Yep, and yeah. so, so did uh, so did Ambrosia. Oh, did they? So yeah. we 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 started with Pulteney, but then when we eventually got to one, that was it. I said to Jake, I was like, do you that's know what? This is a flip. Like yeah. Yeah. the Farkless has that lovely flavor to it, and um, you know, I think we were actually talking about this. One of the best things about one of the reasons that we knew was that we have so many great stories through you. Of you guys going down there with mm-hmm. George and like just mm-hmm. having a great time and like really enjoying yourself. So we knew that the Farkless was going to have to come eventually. So I, I mean, that was a really special one as well. I posted a picture of the Farkless this past week as well, uh, silhouetted with a Glen Cairn glass, the Fountainhead label stamped on it. Because I figured it'd probably be here at the tasting tonight. <laughs> um, going to our next one, as Bob leaves. So then we went to then we went to far. two. We actually went to two. We went to the Long Row 14. So this is a 56.1%, 11 years refill bourbon, and then this was the three years fresh burgundy. This was the one that Bob came over and, and helped us out with. Um, yeah, we, were, we never were close on that one. No, no. I, I guess the port battle, I think you guessed red wine. Somewhere in that neighborhood, yeah. So at least at least we were close enough. Um, but I mean that one that one's one that I've never actually tried before, and it was really quite it was really quite nice. It definitely had that that tanginess, that kind of the tannins, if you like, of that yeah, of that absolutely. red wine flavor. I'm gonna revisit it real quick. I actually had it. Um, so, so this was the, this is this one. This is this oh, one. Oh, I don't know if we've we got jumped. any left. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, the long row, 14. The, oh, the Burgundy. I was reading the wrong one. Yeah. Yeah, this was uh, this was one that, like I say, you know, Bob really helped us out with this one. Um, it yeah. has that astringency to it. Like going back right, and revisiting. Yeah, 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 going back and no, this is the chocolate one, number three. Okay, I'm, so, I'm mixing up. <laughs> <laughs> so this one was the one that has that, um, you know, this was the one that you said, is there a red wine barrel in there? Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, As I revisit it right now. Um, um, still off on that one. Those two were both off on, I guess. Yeah, and then this third, number three, this one, I've never tried it before in my life. This is called the Exclusive Malts Linkwood 1997-18 year. Um, have, and you this heard, have you heard of this? No, I, I've never, I I've never, I didn't even recognize so the name. I've had, I don't know it either. Uh, as we're getting there, but back to the long row, just real quick, we had it. Um, well, I guess it exemplifies the importance of Fountainhead to Chicago. So many people have invited me to uh, their last nights at Fountainhead, and I've been here a lot. You know, <laughs> everybody's been having the last night at Fountainhead. Yeah, no, and I've been thankfully invited to a lot of these nights from people, from buyers and friends, and other people. Asking, do you want to come? And we actually drank this one night uh, at a at a goodbye Fountainhead. Yeah. As I'm here for my twelfth Fountainhead <laughs> goodbye, <laughs> and have two more this weekend. They basically they're gonna tattoo your face <laughs> on the door. Um, I love when I walk in and Cat Nash was like, "Hey, Jake." And like, <laughs> hey. Uh, Bob, Bob. So we're gonna get Bob over again here, guys. Uh, just can you just talk us through the long row because the long row, the next two that we're gonna do are both whiskeys that. The long row especially was one that I've heard a long row before. I've never tried it. But then this third one, the exclusive malts, the Linkwood, this was one that, this was just, we, we talked about it being like a spicy fudge chocolate pudding right. kind of right. thing. Yeah, yeah. But so talk to us through the long row first and then talk to well, us about the exclusive when, when you said you had picked up number two and you said that there was a, a whisper 
of mm. smoke. Yeah. And then and in that that lowland Campbell Town sort of area, you pick up, you get a little bit of that, yeah. right? Okay. And so um, the long row is really interesting because it's got the 11 years in refill bourbon, but then three years in fresh burgundy casks. Yeah. Which there you're picking up the wine notes, yeah. right? right. That's where he, you're at yeah, too, right? Yeah, because we were just saying that Jake obviously said the red wine, and I mentioned port, but there's a tannins or something right. there. Yes. That's we didn't want to say through, sherry, right? just be saying yeah. sherry. Yeah. Like, right. Yep. What's yeah. the red wine? And it's not though, is it? Like, there's definitely like. Well, for me, when I was tasting it, I didn't get the sherry note. No, to I didn't you know, I, I was all, I was all on like, there's a wine note there, right. whatever. And then obviously, like we talked about, more of a dried out red wine, wi- that yeah. little yeah. whisper of of a peat there, you know, almost like, like a smoky cavernet in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 right. actually, yep, yeah, yep. like a smoky. And there's cab. a. Like Long Rose had these. Uh, there's been Springbank ones that have been really cool. Right. Where they go refill bourbon and then Gaha Barolo casts. Like, I mean, the down it's so funny because down there in Scotland, Campbelltown, that like you know Springbanks, the, the Springbank as a brand is so often overlooked, you know. Mm-hmm. And I feel mm-hmm. like yeah. it happens a oh, lot yeah. in the islands. You know, we so Pernod Ricard last year or the beginning of this year, I can't remember. Goddamn, we uh, acquired Castle Brands, right? Oh, yeah, um, right, yeah. And Castle Brands owns uh, Isle of Arran, right? And now Isle of Arran, guys, is um, it's such an amazing whiskey, right? And I yeah, feel yeah. like that happens with the Campbelltown brands as well. Like, you know, I think people get so caught up in, like, all oh, the PPMs and the heavy scotches. As like, actually walked by with a bottle of Avalar 12. Avalar! <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so I, I really feel that a lot of these whiskeys get looked over, and that was why... I think especially for us, we were never going to get the long row. I was no. never going to call long row out there, you know. Right, right. Um, and it was super, it was really nice, man. Really, yeah, really I nice thought that was flavor a fun to, to throw in to, to have a little bit of a, that secondary cast maturation, but yet feature something from that lowland region. There's, and uh, There's a lot of Scotch fans that I know listen to this podcast that should have been here tonight. And they would have uh, enjoyed that one. So, that, oh, I'm, I'm shame on you. The long row was super, super special. But... Can we talk to this? Was by far number number three was by far and away my favorite. Can we talk a little bit about the exclusive malt link with 1997? Yeah, uh, so the exclusive malts independent bottling company. And, yeah, to be honest, I've never heard of it. Yep, yeah. uh, they're an independent bottling company. Um, and yeah, this is an 18 year uh, that is barreled in 1990, uh, 1997 and then released in 2015. Man, um, that, honestly, like, honestly, that sherry. is an amazing. Exclusively in the sherry? Mm-hmm. I'm almost certain, yes. Cheers. I um, some, have some friends over here from Southern Wine Experts who are, who are representing one's Aberlour. Wearing, one's wearing Love a it. dirty, dirty Liverpool jerk. And also they're sitting with a Scotland flag. Um, but no, you know, honestly, and this is not. This is going to sound like an overreaction, but that's Please. one of my favorite whiskeys I've tried this year. What? It's up there. It's, it's hey, super great. I'm going to grab myself a little pour of that. I'll be R- right remember, back. Remember, the, okay. re- remember that one because when we were reviewing the shitty year of 2020, <laughs> it's one upside. Luke, so let's just let's just let's stop there for a second and let's talk about yeah, the year Bob 1997. Bob is going to actually pour himself some of this. Um, 1997. Hmm. Yeah, I was 11. You were 11 years old. <laughs> so it. 1997, Cru- ladies and gentlemen, it I think babes. it was the. <laughs> I think 1997, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, I was five. Titanic was killing it. <laughs> was Titanic not 99? Was it 97? 97. So, can you Braveheart came out in 95. Okay. Um, you can take away. <laughs> Bob, can you can you pour us a wee drop of that as well? Um, we were just talking about 1997, Bob, which is the year that this this was bought. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes, was put in the cask, was yes. it? So. Yeah. Uh, what t- were you doing Titanic in 1997? 
1997, I was, uh, I was uh, 10 years old. I was uh, <laughs> playing, uh, playing Little League Baseball and uh, skipping fifth grade school. How did you skip fifth grade of school? Uh, this is not <laughs> they my started them young. I'm not gentlemen. sure if this was my proudest moment or not my proudest moment. Um, I managed to. I may have not done a homework assignment, and rather oh. than facing the music, <laughs> I figured out that I could go to my bus stop and then pack away my snacks and everything, and then tuck away and hide in the neighbor's next to my like my neighbor's house <laughs> and wait and watch my parents leave for work and I had left the back door just slightly like they wouldn't even notice that it was unlocked and then went through the back of my backyard went right into my you house and filthy played truth. some played some video games and I fake I fake called into school I did the whole thing and it didn't work night. it didn't work out that well for me uh, at about 2:30 p.m. I heard the garage door open I was Ooh. like uh this didn't work out the way I thought uh, and shit. my mother comes running in through the garage thinking I was kidnapped or oh, some yeah, shit I yeah, mean yeah. looking back on it I mean yeah, 10 year old just doesn't show up to school my mom's like he definitely left and went to the bus stop there's no way that he could have skipped she school she was really panicking but I did <laughs> just there one you time go. that was the only time How, that was the, the only time Yes. You've just you've just recently been able to sit down after the beating that right, she right, gave you. Right. <laughs> yes. She had the flip so flop failure. in one hand and the broom in the other. Uh, it's so failures Bueller of you. Yeah, yes, it was. It was a very furious so, Bueller's thing. So nineteen ninety seven for me. Sorry, let me just yeah. let me just jump in here. Yeah. Nineteen ninety seven for me, um you're, you're crushing it with the guys. I was crushing it with the guys. Um my mum and dad, uh they bought me my my PlayStation that year. Christmas nineteen ninety seven. Ninety seven they Nineteen ninety seven, yeah. Really? They bought me a PlayStation One. Um, I had a bunch of games for it. Uh, they bought me a demo game. Like you know, remember you used to get the discs that were demos. Yes. There'd be like twenty games on the disc or ten yep. games on the disc. And then they also bought me. Um, I can't remember the other game that I got, but I think it was Gran Turismo. Because oh, my yeah. dad want my dad bought me a PlayStation, but my dad was also like, yo, like I, I, I'm not buying it because like I want you to play it. I'm buying it because I want to play it. You know? Right. <laughs> so, right. The other um, interesting thing about this Linkwood is that this is actually at cask strength at 46.3%. Oh, 18 year. Okay, that's interesting. Isn't that interesting? That's interesting. So uh, what was it? Do you know what I went into the battle at? That I do not know. Because if I had to guess, if I had to guess what? 51? 50? 50, 50 maybe? 50? So I, I was actually reading about this the other day. Very, very interesting. Scotch is one of those liquor, liquors that really puts their... Puts their whiskey into the casket a much lower mm -hmm. proof than a lot of other uh, a lot of Bourbon. other boozies. Yeah, because what happens with Scotch is that the aging process is so slow and so arduous that what ends up being true is that we only lose about 0.2 between 0.2 and 0.4 percent of the alcohol content every year. You know, which right. is really yeah. really interesting. Yeah. So, you know, 0.2. Point, point, point 0.2 point would give you 18 years. That would give you the 4% between 51 or 50 and yeah, a half to, right, yeah. to your 46 Which is and so half, different you know? from Kentucky where you're going to probably We're get 30 opposite. gallons maybe It's the opposite. It's yeah. the opposite. Yeah. You know, it's the absolute opposite. So, um, no, super, absolutely incredible. And, and a massive shout out for, to the exclusive first, first Phil X Sherry Hoggy. When did you cast, first get this cast bottle? type. What's that? When did you first get the bottle of this? We got this in 2016. 2016. That is Pretty sure 2016. Can I ask you what a pour of this costs? I believe it is around in the 18 year old. 19 to 
$23 mark? Let me double check that. That's a bargain, I, well worth it. That's it, a bargain. I could be... I could be off, come, I, admittedly. Come here tomorrow let me, uh, and Saturday let me double check and say that. Bob before said $19, I, before I, uh, quote Bob. myself <laughs> incorrectly, and it's Bob 35 said you know? Bob said $19, and we're all here for more like what? It's a key to the lake discount, baby. <laughs> Tell them we sent you. Um, I mean, you know, that is really, really good whiskey. That's Some thing. of the best whiskey I've had this year. It's just so different. Yeah. And it we've really tried a lot of whiskey this year through the pods. You know, through through doing Tastings, stuff here, yeah. um, you know, I think that one of the coolest things uh, I think about this kind of thing is that, you know, we we noticed that we liked that early. You know, we, we said we tasted them blind, and we noticed that we liked that early, and and that that's one of the special things, ladies and gents. If you guys are if you made it this far, once again, <laughs> if you made it fifty six minutes. It's not even an hour. I'm not sure <laughs> what you're talking about. Yeah, but we started off and we were just like bantering back and forth. But um, if you've made it this far, guys. And you're at that stage where you're like, you know what, I want to try this. This is an amazing operation to, to try at home. You know, put yourself, get yourself six, seven different whiskeys and get someone to mix them up for you. Mm-hmm. Even, mm-hmm. At, even at that simple level and try, you know, try to try to have something, mm. try to give yourself a different mm. experience. Try to compare and contrast because we knocked that one out there. We As soon as I tasted that, I was like, that's going to be my favorite one. It's a standout for sure. It's a great, great whiskey, Bob. So well, well done on the pick, man. Yeah. $22. $22 a pour. Oh, well, I was in that right. 19 to 23. He said 19 to 23. He said 19. Come to Fountainhead. So we do have one left to uh, reveal. Oh, yeah, of course. Yes. The old Put- Putney. The old, the, old, the old Putney. So this was the one that... I always want to say Putney because I, there's a photographer um, on my school paper in high school named Matthew Putney, and we always called him the old Putney, but it's Putney in... Uh, for the scotch so I mean but we were going back and forth between that and the Farkless we so like I said earlier on we, we, we popped we number three or number six rather we thought was the Pulteney and we said that and we were like do you know what the number six is the Pulteney and then as soon as we got to number one the difference like and then you try the Farkless number six so you, we get six is the Farkless obviously number one's the Pulteney you try the six and you were like and all of a sudden I was like Oh, hold on a this second! Is, you know, right. we've 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 crossed our wires here, and trying That's it next to the pony. And this is one of my favorite things about Scotch guys in general, right? This is one of my favorite things about Scotch. That you're from there, uh, of course. See you, mate, Craig. Have a good night. Thank you so much, man. We'll see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow, Craig. We'll right. we'll be here all three of those all days. Right. So there we go. Fantastic. Hey, this is so loyal, loyal customers coming awesome. in and coming back. Fantastic. Right. Thank you, see Craig. You, Thank you, Craig. Um. This is one of my favorite things about Scotch I just guys, put it together right? that Craig is one of the good supporters of Key in the Late Podcast. Legend. Yes. Yeah. Legend. Yep. R.I.P. Wait. No, what? He's not dead. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, uh, Marty um, Duffy is dead to me, though. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Marty. Hey, Marty. Hey, Marty. Hey, Marty. You come talk on the podcast? Come on the podcast, Marty. Come on. Uh, come on, do your job. Um, so let me just finish this, guys. The, the Scotch... Like, every single one of these was so different. The only two that were similar was the Pulteney and the Farkless. And we knew. We knew that one was one right. and one was the other. Like, as soon as we tasted them. And, and that's, I think, what is special to me about Scotch, right? Mm-hmm. Mike, you come and take this mic from me. Come on. No, just, uh, yeah, whatever you want to do. You can turn it no, around. No, no, no. Take, take my mic. Take my mic. That's fine. Are you sure? Yeah. So, 
But old Putney, the, uh, good, what a good call, call out, like right away. Like, is there? There's an old Putney in here, isn't there? It's yeah. got to be this one, right? I mean, I'm not sure again, what it was. You guys didn't know which six bottles they were, <laughs> order the only, or not. I, you so just I, called out. Right. You called out three I mean, to four of those distilleries, blind. just <laughs> blind by the flavor profile. That's that's well, good stuff. I will give. We knew there was a Farkless in there. Somewhere. We knew well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like there was. There's no way that I've, I was. I, trust me, I spent the last several days just looking at the shelf of Glen Farkless. Like, which one am I gonna pour? <laughs> For this taste, I'm pouring uh, one of them, the one no you chose, doubt. I thought it might be that one. That, uh, was, that was my guess. Yep. Um, but no, look, Bob. I think this was an amazing job, man. Thank you so so much for having well, us. One, one um, of my one of my favorite things to do is to is to taste whiskey and taste whiskey blind. Uh, did, that was something I would do when I was learning. I would right. when I would get off shift here, when in, you know years ago when I was in my early stages, I would go to the bar in Buena, and I'd go to the bathroom and I would say, "Pour me a single malt." What? Don't tell in me. The bathroom? I, I'm gonna come back. <laughs> I was, well, I, was, I want that. I don't want to. That was know. where he did it. He's drinking, Murray. I know. I would say, I would say, hey guys, I'm gonna go to the bathroom. Pour me a single malt. <laughs> and the only, the only rules that I would say is, it's not a blend, but a single malt, and not an independent bottler. Yeah. Anything else? Anything else you got? Pour it for me, and I'll come back, and Why I will try to, and I will try to guess what it is. Wow! Wow! You can leave now. <laughs> No, what about this, uh, Marty? What about this? If so there was a door or if there was a window into the bathroom that was always open. Mm. <laughs> You're not on a microphone, Marty. You're so snug. <laughs> Here. So, yeah. The, uh, there you go, um, Marty. Yes, well, treat a bathroom like a snug, everyone. So, back by popular demand and not by popular demand. Yeah. Despite popular demand. <laughs> spy, 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 spy for Despite. Russia. Maybe a spy for the UK. Maybe a spy for the United States of America. I'm actually a spy for Scotland, which isn't helping Scotland. Uncle uh, Jamie Duffy. Marty, can you actually, like, can you just tell us right now? Welcome to the podcast. Are you, you like, 008 or something? Is that, are you actually a secret service agent for the United Kingdom? Do they have? Uh, yes, I am. I have a license are you, to thrill. Are, oh, <laughs> are you yeah. the? Are you like the? Are you the, the basically Daniel Craig but on steroids? <laughs> no, <laughs> like Daniel Craig if he stopped working out for ten years. That'd be me. That's me. What a fascination. Yes, Marty. The last time you were on the podcast was the yes. uh, one-year anniversary of this little podcast, oh, wow. which is yeah. almost Back a year. In February. Was it that February? I don't know where wow. I don't know where you've been. You invited me onto your new online show and then discontinued the invitation. <laughs> <laughs> you were backups. You were backups. I get I get a frantic phone call or a text saying, "Hey, when yeah, you get this text, text, call me." <laughs> it wasn't that frantic? It was a text. <laughs> call hey, me. But when you any, get this. anyone anyone that says call me, that's always that's always mysterious. I was like, it's always uh, What buyer did I tell the fuck off today? And so I got back to Marty, <laughs> and now it's laying on his. Bed like a dead horse head inside of his bed, resting at night. Look at how they massacred my boy. <laughs> <laughs> See, we're all over it. Yeah, that's good. Oh, boy, that kind of really mixed up a lot of the Godfather stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. pop culture references, you baby. You would have been like, come I'm on, son. I'm an Italian. Well, I'm an Italian mud. We, we, what do you mean? We were all. We weren't even. I wasn't even a twinkle in my mom's eye when the Godfather came out. What? The Godfather was the seventies. Yeah. Album the ninety-two. See, you can't. <laughs> oh my God! You're bragging about that? <laughs> Hell yeah! I was alive during the Kennedy administration. And the assassination? In fact, I had a lot. I remember where I was when wait, Kennedy was Where were you? Wait, wait, wait. Where, where were you? I was in a crib. Were you? Were you the third shooter? Were you? Were you on the grassy knoll? <laughs> I was only about uh, 11 months old at the time. Oh, so. okay. You weren't on the grassy knoll. Uh, that's right. That's coming up. 
That's coming up. That's the uh, 30, no, the 57th anniversary of Kennedy assassination, November, what day? 17th. Uh, no. Yeah. No. 21st. 23rd? 23rd? 22nd. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know. I'm, I'm <laughs> Why don't you just go down the hall? <laughs> my girl. <laughs> the, the first, the second, the, the third. Um, <laughs> my, girl, my girlfriend's dad. So uh, last year I went to Dallas for, I was actually doing tastings there with um, RNDC, which is basically the southern, but down there. Those were the days. Back traveling. And um, I was, my girlfriend's dad messaged me for some reason or other. And uh, he said, uh, he said, oh, so how are you doing? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm good. And he was like, where are you these days? I'm like, oh, I'm in Dallas. And the first thing that he thought of, a Dominican man, first thing that he thought of was, oh, that was where they killed Kennedy. And I was like, uh. Well, you want to hear some <laughs> weird 20 odd years? No, but I guess 21 years ago, 99. I was doing a, uh, uh, a national tour. I was in an RV with three other people doing a tour for Nickelodeon, of all things. I was doing Nickelodeon? A Nickelodeon? I was a promotional manager for uh, Johnson Johnson uh, Baby Shampoo. Uh, of course, of course. Yeah, you know, you got to supplement. Of course supplement. you were. Sometimes you have to supplement your uh, income <laughs> in this business. Um, and we stopped off in where one of our dates was in Dallas. And we said, oh, let's go see Dealey Plaza. Yeah. So we're standing in Dealey Plaza. Yeah. We're looking up at the book uh, depository. And uh, guy just said, hey, man, Kennedy was just killed. And I go, what are you? Are you uh, in a different dimension? Yeah, I mean, goddamn 40 years ago. And he goes, no, JJ Jr. Joe was just killed in a plane crash. And I go, oh, wow. Here I am standing in Dealey Plaza, and I find out about the man's son. Of all places, the only time I've ever been in Dallas, too. Really? The only time? Yeah. I like Thanks. Dallas. I like Dallas. I like Dallas. Good spot. Yeah. It is. It's a nice little, uh, well, actually, We're it's clean, of... it's nice, but yeah. you live there. I lived, I, uh, a couple of years later, I was I was doing some Chivas, uh, Chivas? tastings. Yeah, Chivas was, Regal? Yeah. I was doing. Oh, I was, you didn't know this, man? I, I used to. Uh, I used to do. I used to work for Chivas. I, well, I, I mean, I worked for a number of different promotional companies before I went full time for Johnny Walker and Classic Malt. A so master of malt. I was a in master a lot of, ways. of malt. Yeah, I was never a master. I was a master of. I was. What would they call me? The dipshit of malts. <laughs> no, dipshit of malts. I was that's what I do right now. Senior master whiskey mister. <laughs> that was my final title. Yeah. Senior master whiskey. But before that, uh, so I was doing the Shivas thing. I was stationed in Dallas for two months, staying in corporate housing. And I had to do three events a week for these various groups. And, but, you know, I had a lot of downtime. And I didn't know what to do. And so I had asked these people at these events to go, hey, uh, what's a fun thing to do around Dallas? I mean, where's some fun sections of town, some mm -hmm. cool some places to hang out. Like, buy go, a rifle, head to Dealey Plaza. Well, you're not far <laughs> off. Almost everybody would say, have you been to Dealey Plaza? I go, that's not a cool place to hang out. They're so like, what are you doing, Dealey Plaza? There. I'm talking about how Kennedy got shot. I mean, a place of a 40-year-old know, murder. I don't know if that's really where I want to be. And so, Or um, is it? And then they go, I said, is there any other place? And they go, have you ever been to Austin? And I go, oh, I see. For a good time in Dallas? Go to Austin. <laughs> this is in 93? No, no. This, Dallas uh, is better. 2000, Dallas is better. 2001, okay. 2002. 
Diageo hadn't quite formed. So yet. a three-hour ride to Austin was their plan. Oh, what? The three-hour ride to Austin was their plan. Yeah, it was really weird. And they're right. I mean, Deep Ellum was kind of a cool area. Yeah, yes. Yeah, uh, even now, yeah. nowadays, it's Still really is. grown. It's yeah. really grown now. Well, Uptown funny. area is the cool. The people I dealt with, I guess, deep. would never be caught dead no, in that deep, area. And deep. I, once I went there, oh, that's great. But it wasn't. didn't seem like it was very big. They have a cool Hyatt there with um, the... Uh, a, ma- a massive shout-out to some friends of mine down there. Yvette Stoddard, um, Rally Hughes. Like, those guys showed me around Dallas. And Deep Ellum, the gin, the vodka there, the scene there is really, really cool. I actually really like Dallas. You know, it's... Um, I'm partial to a bit of Dallas. But see, that's the big difference between, say, 20 years ago and now. You know, with the whole cocktail scene and then the whiskey scene, you got a lot more really eclectic, cool places to go to and, and hang out. Back then, they weren't, there wasn't a lot. You know, and I, it's funny, after some of that traveling I did, especially that Nickelodeon thing, um, <laughs> I couldn't like wait to get pro- back to like, Chicago. Yeah. Chicago, the food scene. I know people talk about New York, and they talk about New Orleans. New Orleans has great food, but it doesn't have a great variety of food. True. Chicago has a great variety and a great quality of food. Right. Every right? neighborhood is something different. Yeah. And I think it's a lot better than New York. I think it's better than most cities, but... Oh, I do, too. I mean, I couldn't tell I'm, you. Well, I'm scared about what's going to happen to uh, a restaurant scene after all this. I totally agree. If chefs that. move out of town and say, I can go somewhere else for cheaper rent and yeah. Cheaper start- rent, more freedom. Yeah. I mean, you know, some of these states that are uh, double downing on all this lockdown stuff. Which is us. This what? That's what's happening here. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mon- on Monday. Which I don't get it. I really don't get it. Why would you... You, you do realize you're killing, you are just killing a, what was a thriving business. I mean, a year ago, I thought everything looked so on track for... We're sitting in, in the epitome of what the downfall is of all this right yeah. now. I mean, it really is. Right, that's right. A place like Fountainhead shouldn't be, should not... Uh, have to go through all this. I mean, we have they, we have probably forty people up here on the roof deck when it's forty degrees outside, and right. they have to close. And they didn't really promote this very much. This no. was kind of a QT right. kind of event, and still a lot of people showed up for the sport. I think they this place would be swamped. Right, they actually uh, kind of put it out there. I think if it was regular business operating downstairs, fireplace going, full bar. It'd be twice as many people having a great time on a cool fall night, but yeah. instead we're outside enjoying it. No, it's wrong. I mean, I think, especially if it's outdoors. Right. I mean, initially they, I mean, even they, I mean, initially they said that uh, UV rays uh, kill the virus. Well, if you're in view of the UV rays and there is no roof over here and there's UV rays even at night. Doesn't always have to come right out the sun. Uh, are you a scientist too? I am. Uh, my last, uh, my initials are MD. So oh, oh, yeah. Oh, good point. Yeah, and I have a PhD, which stands for pinheaded dope. Mm. So there's that. Makes sense. Yeah. It all checks out. Yeah. I just ran the math. We're but all good is, to go. I mean, it's just true, and I, 
It's a, it's a bummer to see all these establishments go away. And plus, I don't think the science that these politicians are following because they're not incredible. scientists. No, and I, you know, they follow one or two of these doctors, and then there's other doctors who contradict this their theories and thinking, and I don't know. We don't know. The unfortunate thing is that we uh, won't have as many places like this to hang out. No. Hopefully, in maybe a year or two from now, certain restaurant groups will be able to bounce back and buy smaller. But that's just it. I mean. So those that could survive, yeah, they're going to be the bigger groups, the bigger chains, the bigger folks who could survive. Um, whereas a lot of the independents, which we're doing a lot more of the interesting stuff, you know, will they come back? Will they give it another try once this stuff is, or will they just, or some of them might get wiped out right. financially. Like, will this turn into an olive garden, this big space that's yeah. available? <laughs> right. What's going to happen to it? Who will, be, who will be here to pick up the remains of it all? And That's then also me. think, too, I mean, Lowry's closed. Yeah. And whether you went there or not, that was a Chicago institution. Been oh, yeah. around forever. Um, there's even a little diner down the, the road for me. It's been around since 1970. I mean, that's 50 years. Yeah. Family-owned diner. Which one? Huh? Which one? Which one? Uh, the Alps. Oh, yeah. Are they closing? They're closed. They're closed. They do right take They do dining. take out. But they're closed as yeah. far as indoor dining. It's one of my favorite diners in the whole city. I know. I love it. I mean, it's. I was so. They closed for a couple of years, and a law office opened there, and then they came back. Right. And it was like, oh my god. Yeah. I love it. And that's so why great. I'm hoping for Fountainhead and some of these others that they'll. They will like uh, the phoenix. phoenix rise from the ashes. <laughs> That's more like a crow, isn't it? I don't, know, I don't know if a phoenix kafaws. Mm. I tried like real that. hard. Yeah. Now, how is your business doing? The whis- whiskey's doing okay. Whiskey's doing mm. okay. Um, the sales in Australia are a little better than the sales in America with an Australian company. Do you have more of a presence uh, on-premise or off-premise? You know, we are probably in that 60-40 range, or 70-30 range of uh, off to on, and now we're going more 90-10, but we're in a state where indoor dining's closed, essentially, or fully, and it seems like we're rolling back even further precautions as of Monday of next week. We'll probably commit to more of that 95% uh, to off-premise than versus on-premise. But it's an interesting switch in juggling of where I spend so much time in places like this, you know, from 5.30 at night to 10 o'clock at night and later, depending on certain days of the week, and talking to bartenders, talking to crowds and buying some drinks and getting on cocktail menus to now you're like you're going into bigger retail chains and it's like can you move my bottles off the bottom shelf so we can sell (laughs) well you know what right now i wonder how many how many bartenders are not bartenders but brand ambassadors and brand reps are out actually out there in the places that are open and doing business i mean i don't know how many on-premise accounts are going to be open in the next month, two months, as this weather gets really cold and 
doing any kind of outdoor seating is going to be pretty insane. Yeah, I was investing into places that I personally invested in myself by running some event programs and getting a small little presence in the cocktail menu, but as we were developing those parties and those situations and events to have, everything closed back down. So it's like we, we pivoted with Bob. We're doing some cocktails to go with our whiskey this weekend um, as they close down and hopefully they can do a little more in the market as that remains open but well, what have you been doing with the, some of these accounts that uh, can do to go cocktails have you been working with them on that right yeah we have I've, I've got two hotel chains I've been working with to get that to go because they're still open they have um, workspace environments for people to come in and still do their daily work in there as well. So it helps out. And then working with places like Fountainhead that have the on and off prevalence license where they can sell their cocktails to go essentially as RTDs in their markets, which helps us out a lot as a brand where you can bottle them, take them out of the, out of the fridge, and then take them home with you. And it's legal, but it's it's... It's a fine line in the legality. It's, it definitely is legal now because the bills we passed back in May or June, whenever that was. But you, you, can't, like, you can't walk into a bar and build a program, build a, a brand like you used to, even just a year ago. Are you, uh, are you doing a lot of online tastings? Yeah, yeah. Moving to that more and more each day. And even just doing like a 30-minute Instagram Live with an influencer or 3,000 fans, you know. It's something out 3, there. 3,000 fans? Yeah. Really? Yeah. You? Me. That's, that's hard to believe because our show, Sip of Knowledge, yeah, we probably get 3,000 easy probably in the first you know, 15 minutes. Usually when I'm in there, there's about 36 people watching. Oh, uh, yeah, that's what we get to. Oh, wait. But when I come on, whenever that is, with Wilson, it'd be like 55. Uh, you know what uh, we're doing over at Glencairn because of that, yeah. those brands and, and actually just all these whiskey groups online. Right. Been doing these tastings, but you know, what gives a tasting if everybody doesn't have the same whiskey in front of them, right? So we've come up with a little tasting kit that online groups could purchase. They, it, four empty little uh, uh, 50 ml bottles. Uh, you can get a, a Glencairn glass in there, which could be branded with the logo. Comes in a box, a little eyedropper. And then the whole idea is say, say you were doing it, you're hosting it, and people can pay you. Well, I don't know if they'd want to pay you. Say the organizer. Somebody else, though. Yeah. Um, Maybe I'm there. They but pay the organ. <laughs> right. You're, say it's a, a Star Word yeah. tasting, yeah. but you're. Um, uh, you fill the little bottles with various samples, right? Three different expressions, maybe some new make. You know, uh, this is something to do that we're thinking distilleries could use, um, where they can do a, like one month, one year, uh, like one month, one year, two years, three years. You know, that's just little samples in a glass. So are you, buy, are you buying this from other distilleries in Scotland? Are we doing what? Are you buying from other distilleries in Scotland to do buying this? The, no. the juice? No, 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 no. The whole idea is we send you 
we would send you empty bottles. Okay. And then you, or the organizer of an online tasting, fill it up with whatever whiskeys they want to taste. Oh. And then they could ship it out. And we're trying to make it compact and affordable, uh, easy to ship, and... Why is this the first I'm hearing of this? Because uh, it's still kind of a... We're still developing it. I've been asking distilleries and whiskey groups for their feedback on it, see what they, they think. So um, essentially a whiskey group could choose a, a whiskey from various parts of the world? Yeah, if they wanted. I mean, I've done, I did a tasting. A, a company reached out to me and asked me, hey, would you do an online tasting? I yeah. said, sure. We tried to figure out, well, how do we do this? Well, luckily, everybody was basically in the Chicagoland area. We found one liquor store that would ship three 750s. So if the person paid, they get three 750s, and then the guy ordered a bunch of Glencairn glasses with his logo on it. Uh, we shipped to the store, and the store would then ship the glass along with the three bottles. The only problem is, it was like 125 bucks to do that tasting. Not everybody, especially now... Huh? Per pack, it was one like like for one pack, it was one twenty-five. Yeah, I mean it wasn't really a pack; it was a box. Right. You know, it, that's why I thought let's do a little kit. Nobody needs. I mean, what if you get the seven fifteen? It turns out, I'm not really that crazy about this. So that's why it's better if you just have a little fifty ml, and right. if you like it, you go out and buy it. Otherwise, it's really it's just would be four samples in your own glass. That's the whole idea. Now a little eyedropper. The glass can be branded. The box might even be branded with the, the brand name. Let's somehow. talk, baby. Let's talk. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Hell that's yeah. Anyways, that's what my, my little effort. That was my idea. Well, it seems my like the whiskey effort. groups are growing and growing by the minute on the line. Almost too much, though, in a way. Yeah. It's hard I to mean, keep up. I get you invited invite me to you, a lot. You invite me to a new one every week. And I'm like, where did you find this group? They found me. Yeah. That's just it. I mean, I get invi- uh, invites to all these. And I figure it's better for you uh, as a brand because yeah. if they're doing online tastings, then they can invite you. Right. Especially if, like, us, we're, we're Australian, so it's it's unknown to them in the first place that Australia even makes whiskey and then makes quality whiskey, too, at that yeah. point. And that's, that is kind of the cool thing with some of this. I mean, our show... I do with Lou Bryson and Liz Rhodes every Tuesday. I feel like at Liz noon. is the star of the show. What? Yeah. No. I always want to hear more Liz. It's because you're a nerd. Oh, are they here? Ooh. Oh, hey, hey. Ah, the stoggies here. Yay. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. Once again, from the Fountainhead Rooftop Garden That's great. of That's Chicago, great Illinois, in the Ravenswood neighborhood yeah, of Ravenswood. Chicago on the I north side, Mari Duffy of Glen Karen. We're waiting, for, Duffy, waiting for that sponsorship money. Yeah. Callum O'Donnell, Avalon, and myself, so much. Jacob Andrew Hookie Third of Star Wars Whiskey. We love you and good night. Good night, everybody. Woo!